Well, welcome to The Journey. My name is Kevin Polking, and I am the host of The Journey. And uh, today, uh, we are continuing our conversation uh, during the month of September, Suicide Awareness Month. As many of you are aware, uh, in 2015, in response to uh, a local high school that experienced uh, three out of 100 of their students that died by suicide, uh, I, in response to that, I made a decision to reach out to some uh, local individuals and we started uh, talking about what can we do one of the concerns at that time was that we believed that there was not uh, enough awareness about the the uh, prevalence of young adult suicide specifically or suicide in general. Um, one of the things that we were noticing was that uh, in, uh, institutions, schools or, or churches or businesses, uh, nonprofits would be uh, have someone in their community that died as a result of suicide. And at that time, everything would uh, cease, um, understandably so, as a result of that. And then for a time period, um, everything was focused on uh, providing support and the needs of that particular uh, community. But as life does, um, the majority of individuals uh, would get back to some semblance of uh, familiar or normal, except for those handful of individuals that were most directly impacted in the closest circle or someone that may have had uh, some type of ripple effect as a result of uh, the person in their community dying by suicide. And then everything would kind of transition and then something would happen again and everything would come to us come to a halt and and we would go through a similar type of process this is where we decided that we needed to do more to raise to raise awareness and not just react to when someone died from suicide but what could we do to prevent uh, suicide with shatter our silence the idea was how do we educate and raise awareness to individuals for shattering all of our tendency to be silent or uh, avoid talking about these tough uh, topics when someone is in that darkness. As we were doing research and we were working with um, a professor at Rock Valley College, during the lit literature review, it was come to our attention that one of the fundamental differences that about shatter our silence was that that we would not just focus on uh, that percentage of individuals that uh, were in the darkness that were greatest at risk. Uh, an early study had indicated that 25% of our U.S. population at some at some time have sought out medical, uh, mental health or behavioral health services. But many uh, programs focus just on the individuals that are at risk. Um, Shatter our silence um, and the talks that I do within the schools and businesses and churches focuses, focus as well on the 75% who are the friends and significant others of the individuals in the darkness. So we we focus on the individuals who are struggling in that darkness, but then we also uh, want to prepare the individuals who are the significant others of what to do when 
someone who's struggling comes to them. We believe uh, through through the research that we've done, we believe that individuals, specifically young adults, are more likely to go to each other before they go to a professional um, or a family member, uh, meaning like an adult in their life or, or some uh, formalized position of counselor, teacher, coach, or something like that. So how do we prepare the friend to know what to do when the signs are there? So that was really the focus of uh, the initial phase of Shatter Our Silence, where we would go into the schools and and talk specifically about what were those um, what are those indicators, what are the warning signs, what are the factors that lead uh, to being in that darkness. Uh, talking about the idea that we all are on a continuum and that we navigate through life up and down based upon in the, uh, situations that happen throughout the day and our response to those situations. Phase two, which is what we've currently been involved in the last uh, the last uh, year or so, uh, has really been about not just uh, talking about what are the factors that lead to uh, a young adult suicide and the warning signs, and as I said, the, the continuum, but then um, also talking about uh, the idea of uh, what are the uh, protective factors that allow someone uh, to have a sense of, of why I don't die from suicide. What are the things that are keeping me alive even when I feel like life isn't worth living? And this was the beginning of moving toward phase two, which is what we've been doing this past year. Uh, we talk about we still talk about phase one, the, the risk factors and the warning signs and the continuum, but we added now talking about what can we do uh, for mental health regarding managing our stress, developing resilience, and discovering a sense of meaning. Viktor Frankl, who I've talked a little bit about before, was a Jewish psychiatrist um, born in the early 1900s. Uh, was a, a, a survivor of, of, of the Holocaust as a, as a prisoner in Nazi Germany. He had practiced uh, working with his patients prior to being incarcerated uh, and, and found that, uh, or, or was discovering that challenging Sigmund Freud's idea that, that man's primary focus was pleasure he believed that man's primary focus was a, discovering a sense of meaning or purpose in their life. He believed that when a person has a sense of meaninglessness or a sense of, of not having purpose, that they will then revert to seeking pleasure that it will open up this, what he referred to this mass neurotic triad of uh, depression will come in, addiction can come in, or aggression can come in. He, he came up with a phrase called the existential vacuum, in which he said that in the 20th and the 21st century, that we are at a time period that we had never been previously before, that there is more individuals or he might even say most individuals have the means to live, but they don't have a meaning to live. 
So this sense of in, in 2023, it may be more from an idea of the sense of meaningless, meaningless, meaningless that comes in the form of boredom or restlessness. And that we attempt to distract ourselves with seeking out something that will give me a dopamine hit, uh, food, uh, gaming, uh, media, social media, uh, pornography, some type of uh, thing that, to give me this burst of uh, dopamine or pleasure so that it distracts me off of this void or vacuum of, of not having a sense of purpose or meaning. In the next few weeks, we're going to talk more about some of the research I've done from Frankel's work and how this can apply in our life. But one of the things that I have first uh, recognized regarding this is that discovering what your purpose is or meaning is, is maybe similar to this idea of experiencing love. I have come to believe uh, being with Diane, my wife, for uh, over 33 years that uh, I didn't fall in love with Diane. I discovered that I was loving her. And I think very similar is with, with the aspect of discovering your meaning is that you just don't go and sit on a rock somewhere and wait for it to be imparted to you. That is more that through uh, curiosity, through, through movement, through action, through getting involved with things, that we find ourselves doing something that gives us a sense of not just fulfillment, but something even deeper. And that could very well be that sense of meaning or purpose, or at least for this time period in your life. For some, it may be in your profession. Others, it may be in an interest or hobby or a cause that you get involved with, or it may be in response to something, um, some type of tragedy or something that causes you to become alive because you feel that there's an injustice that is happening. One of the things that Frankel talks about is that he talks about that in the midst of this, a couple key components want is that it is if it is a true meaning or purpose in your life it not only serves you but as you are serving it it then serves others so this this idea of being called to something is really us being called to serve this idea this cause this 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 thing and that it always is in the midst of taking some form of action, it is to serve others. And that there will be setbacks that will happen in life as life is uh, a series of different uh, things to help develop us and grow. So there will be suffering in that, but the suffering has purpose because it serves to help us grow and develop it, develop. So this idea of, of finding meaning and finding a sense of purpose in our life is another aspect that we are, are talking to students about, inviting individuals into this journey of not asking uh, 
what is life going to do for me? But what is it that I am going to do for the life that I have? What is what am I being called to? What is life revealing to me that has moved me, moving me in the direction for me to get involved, to be part of? That is at this time my teacher, so that I can develop to that next stage. So that as we're on this journey, and if we're looking at life from an aspect of an interactive process, there probably won't be this, um, probably won't be a lot of room for boredom because we are busy experiencing the beauty of life as well as interceding on the tragedy of life. As always, uh, I appreciate you being here and, and tuning in and sharing and commenting on any of these particular reflections as well as the guests. Um, if you do want more information about Shatter Our Silence, um, visit our website where we're releasing new content on a weekly basis. Um, you can go to shatter, shatteroursilence.org. All right. And uh, look forward to being with you next week.